Good evening, everyone. I'm so glad you've joined us tonight for our Thursday evening message. And in this week leading up to Mother's Day, we're honoring all our mothers for their contributions to the kingdom of God. But I'd also like to honor all others who have helped to fulfill the role of mother in countless ways for all the young people that come into their lives. So let's begin with prayer. Dear Lord, be with us this evening. Thank you for your word that guides us in our relationships. Father, help each one of us to honor our own mother. Thank you for your plan that provides for the nurturing given by mothers. Use this time tonight to draw us closer to you. Show us your plan for our lives and help us to follow your ways that are made known to us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So tonight our topic is the heartbreak and joy of Hannah, the mother of Samuel. And as a mother of six, I myself know, you know, a grandmother of 14, great-grandmother of four, I know that heartbreak and joy are a part of, of every mother's life. The story of Hannah illustrates God's provision amid the sorrows and joys that she faced. So let's turn to 1 Samuel chapter 1, beginning at verse 1, and I'll be using the New Living Translation. So chapter of verse 1. There was a man named Alcanah who lived in Ramah in the region of Zuf, in the hill country of Ephraim. He was from the the son of Jeroham, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuf, of Ephraim. Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah did not. So right here, we face a recurring theme in the Old Testament. Remember our recent small group lesson about the failed expectations of Leah, who shared a husband with her sister Rachel. Well, here's a similar situation. Two wives, one with children and one without. We could also include the situation with Sarah and Hagar. Without even reading more, we could surmise how this scenario is going to go. Okay, let's continue in verse 3. Each year, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of Heaven's armies at the tabernacle. The priests of the Lord at that time were the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. On the days Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Peninnah and each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. So Peninnah would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year, it was the same. Peninnah would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. So here we go again. Hannah not only is heartbroken over having no children, she's being tormented year after year by the other wife. This description addresses the situation on their annual trek to Shiloh, but we can surmise that this was also the everyday condition of Hannah's life. 
Verse 8. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having 10 sons? At least Elkanah is trying to comfort Hannah. But Hannah's distraught over having no children, as well as Peninnah's taunting. So, in verse 9, once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow. O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. Verse 11, as she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. Seeing her lips moving, but hearing no sound, he thought she'd been drinking. Must you come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. Oh, no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger. But I am very discouraged, and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I'm a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. And note that Hannah takes her anguish and sorrow to the proper place, to the Lord. We can all note her example and learn from it. So verse 17, in that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request that you have asked of him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. Hannah had laid her burden on the Lord. She felt better to the point of being able to eat again. And we all react differently to the trials of life. But there's peace in putting our trust in the one who can truly help. So verse 19, the entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. Then they returned home to Ramah. When Elkanah slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea. And in due time, she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. We can all surely relate to the joy Hannah experienced by the Lord hearing and answering. She put her faith in the proper place and was rewarded. Verse 21. The next year, Elkanah and his family went on their annual trip to offer a sacrifice to the Lord and to keep his vow. But Hannah did not go. She told her husband, wait until the boy is weaned, then I will take him to the tabernacle and leave him there with the Lord permanently. Hannah had made a vow to give her child back to the Lord, and she intended to keep that vow. Verse 23, whatever you think is best, Elkanah agreed. Stay here for now, and may the Lord help you keep your promise. So she stayed home and nursed the boy until he was weaned. I think it's interesting 
that Hannah experienced no pushback from Elkanah, just whatever you think is best. In so doing, he affirmed her longtime commitment to her vow. And also, according to the Net Bible, there is reference to Deuteronomy 18, verses 15 and 18. Moses continued, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him. I will raise up a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites. I will put my words in his mouth, and he will tell the people everything I commanded him. And Samuel did go on to be just such a prophet. God used Samuel this way. So verse 24, when the child was weaned, Hannah took him to the tabernacle in Shiloh. They brought along a three-year-old bull for the sacrifice and a basket of flour and some wine. After sacrificing the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. Sir, do you remember me? Hannah asked. I'm the very woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. I asked the Lord to give me this boy and he granted my request. Now I'm giving him to the Lord and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worshiped the Lord there. It had to be very heart-wrenching for Hannah to take this son who was God's gift after years of torment and leave him at the temple in Shiloh with Eli. But Hannah was faithful to her vow and the whole nation of Israel was blessed by her sacrifice. So Hannah's prayer of praise begins in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Then Hannah prayed, My heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong. Now I have an answer for my enemies. I rejoice because you rescued me. No one is holy like you, Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. Even with the heartbreak of leaving Samuel behind, she's able to rejoice and lift up the Lord. And 1 Samuel 2.11 states, Then Elkanah returned home to Ramah without Samuel, and the boy served the Lord, assisting Eli the priest. And then down to verse 18, But Samuel, though he was only a boy, served the Lord. He wore a linen garment like that of a priest. Each year, his mother made a small coat for him and brought it to him when she came with her husband for the sacrifice. Before they returned home, Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, May the Lord give you other children to take the place of this one she gave to the Lord. And the Lord blessed Hannah, and she conceived and gave birth to three sons and two daughters, Meanwhile, Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. So instead of having Samuel grow up in her home, Hannah only saw him once a year. I can just imagine how she thought about and prayed for Samuel as she sewed the little coats she made for him. The Lord did give her three sons and two daughters to take the place of Samuel but still, giving Samuel to the Lord was a great sacrifice. Like Hannah, 
both heartbreak and joy are a part of everyone's reality. Life presents all of us with challenges, sickness, finances, separation, losses. The list could go on and on. But the truth of the matter is there's always risk in caring. The more one cares, the more painful it is when things go wrong. But it would be a very barren life without putting ourselves in that position of risk. John 15, 13 says, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Another aspect of life as a mother is that the role changes over time. The newborn is totally dependent for all his or her needs, but the goal is to raise the child to be an independent and self-reliant adult. For Hannah, this transition was cut short, but it's no less a reality for all mothers. To try to hold a child back from growing up does not end well. The role of a mother shifts as the child becomes an adult, but then as before, the mother is still to be honored. Ephesians 6, one through three says, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. Note that this is a commandment with promise. Life for each of us started with a mother and she is to be honored. And I'm also a firm believer in the, it takes a village mindset. The more caring adults that a child has in his or her life, the better. This makes me think about how Eli participated in this transition to adulthood for Samuel. In 1 Samuel chapter three, when Samuel heard his name being called in the night, he went to Eli, thinking Eli was calling him. Of course, it was the Lord calling, but Eli was there to direct Samuel. We can all be part of this village, whether we have children of our own or not. It may be by just taking an interest in the lives of the children that we encounter or by being good role models. We can all participate in this nurturing process. The joys and the rewards are great. Third John chapter three, verse four states, I could have no greater joy than to hear that my children are following the truth. What joy Hannah must have felt knowing that Samuel was being used by God to lead Israel, that he was following the truth. Uh, a couple years ago, I had the occasion to attend a funeral in the town where we lived 35 years ago. And after the service, a lady came up to me and asked, do you know who I am? I didn't recognize her, so I told her, no, I don't know. And she then told me who she was. She thanked me for picking her up for church when she was a child. And what joy for me to know that she is serving the Lord all these years later. The fact is, God wants to use each one of us to further his kingdom. After all, the church is the mother caring for God's children. And what greater privilege 
is there in this life? Our church mission statement is all making disciples of all. And to do this, we must focus on others and allow God to lead and use us. In this process, there will be sacrifices and heartbreaks, but there will also be joy that lasts for an eternity. Psalm chapter 30, verse five says, for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. As we live this life, we, just like Hannah, will suffer heartbreak and experience joy. Sometimes the joy may seem to be a long time in coming, and that is when we must rely on God to give us wisdom, courage, and direction to endure until we receive his promises. Let's pray. Dear God, we turn to you to guide us through this life. Direct us onto the path you would have us follow. Use us to bear spiritual children. Keep us focused on you, Lord, for your ways are far above our own. Help us to have the patience to endure the difficult seasons of life, knowing that in the end, you've promised us an eternity with you. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for being with us tonight. Tomorrow at 7 is Friday Night with Friends. And then on Saturday, we'll continue this theme on mothers. Good night.